Going beyond the headlines? Getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Well, good afternoon. It is 512. I'm Jody Hughes in for Ange on Calgary, Calgary Today. Uh, earlier this week, we heard from the Alberta government about their framework of how to tackle the new legalization of marijuana in our country coming in July of 2018. In their discussion, they mentioned two key issues. One being that uh, everybody that they talked to seemed worried about how to protect children when we legalize pot and how do we make sure our roads are safe. So I wanted to bring into the conversation uh, Shaker Palmer. Shaker is the president and CEO of Harvest Medical Clinic in Northland Village Mall. Earlier, Shaker, you told me that your clinic has been open for eight months now. You've helped over 7,000 patients in that time, and you have a good perspective on these issues, in particular, how to keep children safe. I wanted to get to your take. Well, I think they're planning on using some of the very same safety measures that they've used in the sale of alcohol. So um, I think some of the guidelines have suggested that obviously uh, dispensaries or places to, you know, uh, that are selling cannabis won't be within a certain distance, about 100 meters of any school or any place where children congregate. Um, that's, that's one methodology. I think this idea of not allowing for smoking of cannabis or consumption of cannabis in, in public places which are frequented by youth like parks and playgrounds is, is also good because it helps to not normalize the behavior that, that youth may see as, as then, of course, being acceptable or even promoted to a certain degree. Um, so I think the government is taking the right steps, and I think their approach to, and this is on a federal level, but of course the approach to the limiting of uh, the marketing endeavors that the licensed producers or those involved in the industry can do is very, very similar to that of tobacco, uh, which, of course, the government has had a long history of evaluating how to curb the appeal of tobacco to, to the youth. And they have, you know, the uh, Bill C-45, the advertising restrictions are essentially uh, copy and pasted from the Tobacco Act. So it's going to be a very, very similar level of restriction and I think that'll be uh, very good in terms of protecting the youth. We do have almost a hybrid though when it comes to you know you were talking about uh, mirroring behavior or having it in places where children are able to see it so I mean if at home uh, you know a parent is smoking a, a joint in front of their child is do you see that as being problematic um, well, I think the question would be is, would you consider somebody having a glass of wine in front of their children problematic? I, I, I don't think, again, it's, it's an issue of substance. It's a, it's a matter of abuse. Um, I would have the same exception to somebody who gets just wasted with alcohol in front of their children to the same degree as somebody who gets completely impaired with cannabis. Um, you know, I think the the society at large is kind of uh, coming to terms or come to the realization of reducing the stigma associated with cannabis. So it's kind of seen similarly to alcohol and tobacco. And, and I would think we should, you know, use the, the same type of analysis to say, is this good or bad? Not really bring in a moral judgment that may not be well founded on fact to the discussion. But what I think is a bit different about alcohol is that if I were to have a beer, you know, there's no secondhand alcohol to my children. Right. So is, I mean, is that a problem? Yeah, so I think uh, absolutely, and I would be, I would take that to the same level as I, I approach tobacco, um, and so secondhand smoke is, is the is the issue. Uh, then I would, you know, I'm of the view that you know children shouldn't be exposed to secondhand smoke, and 
but the great thing about cannabis and the industry that's evolving here is smoking is becoming less and less prevalent and other forms are becoming far, far more popular. So whether that's edibles, whether that is vaporization, uh, all of which you know, don't have that same associated second person health risk to them. And one interesting thing, too, out of that uh, proposed framework from the government is that they're not looking at cafes initially because uh, the legislation is covering, you know, smoked smoked marijuana. So the concern is it's a workplace uh, safety violation if you have people working in cafes and until edibles officially get covered under the legislation. So... Do you think that we maybe need to expand the the framework and include edibles? Yeah, so I think my my understanding, if I read the, the news articles correctly this past week, is that they have now introduced framework uh, in that the working committee level, so that edibles would be, uh, you know, as part of the Bill C forty five, twelve months after the first legalization. So a year after July 1st, 2018, um, the hope and goal is for, for the working communities that, that edibles are now part of that mix as well. Uh, I think edibles are a great way for a lot of people to, again, enjoy the, the medical benefits of it without all the associated uh, challenges with smoking and, and you know things that aren't good for you. What would this legislation do to your business? I know you deal with the medical side. Do you yeah. envision this affecting your business at all? I think there'll be a certain portion of people um, who will, you know, who can't sort of bother to go to a doctor's visit to maintain a prescription that will certainly not, that will sort of fall out for our business. But at the same time, we can look at historical uh, records in places like Colorado, um, Alaska, and Washington to see that the medical side of the market actually remains quite strong. And in places like Canada, where we actually have far more incentives to be a medical patient versus a recreational patient, I think the medical side of the market will remain quite robust. Um, as well as just the efficacy we are seeing with our treatment results. I'm curious about the regulations with regards to things like that. I know for vitamins, they can't make claims. Certain uh, prescription medications can make claims for you know potential treatment. Where does marijuana and cannabis fall under that? So it's absolutely treated the same way. So there, So there can be no... Uh, objective claims made to its efficacy, which is why I don't ever claim to do that. All I can tell you is there's uh, evidence of people I've seen in our practice Mm -hmm. that have had great results. But I cannot tell you that cannabis will provide great results um, because that's not a a backed statement. So, um, you know, and and that's unfortunate because people often say, oh, well, the evidence to support the the medical side of the the cannabis industry is anecdotal. And I at some point take offense to that word anecdotal because by its definition, it means it's hearsay. And what we observe every day at our clinic is it's not hearsay. It's evidence-based observation of people's conditions getting better. But, you know, we are restricted by the, the advertising guidelines and promotional guidelines of the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta, as well as Health Canada, in regards to narcotics. So we can't ever, uh, unfortunately, kind of bring the message to the people about how good this plant can be, uh, because at this point, uh, according to the government, and, uh, you know, it's, it's still a subjective claim. Very interesting. Uh, Shaker, thank you so much for your time today. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, Jody.